Hey guys, how are you going? Thank you for joining me in this episode. I'm going to be covering something that was raised on one of my recent sales calls and I thought it was a really, really good question. I thought that a lot of people would get a ton of value out of hearing how you can actually start to position yourself a little bit differently in your marketplace in order for people to start seeing the value in buying a $1,000, $2,000, even as much as five dollars or $10,000 item from you. So what am I talking about exactly? It is that concept of investing in high ticket offers. What makes someone want to pull their credit card out and buy a high ticket item? I'm gonna cover that right after this. Welcome back guys and thank you very much for joining me if this is the first time on this very podcast my name is Jamie Gardner I'm a full-time affiliate marketer I'm also a coach for a program we've got well over 650 students absolutely crushing it with their affiliate marketing business and if you'd like to learn more about what we're up to in there and how you can start crushing your online goals go to jgcall.com check out the Frank free case study and feel free to lock in a time to speak with myself if you'd like to ramp up what you're doing online and start getting clarity and focus and start shifting your financial horizons moving forward all right otherwise feel free to hit the old subscribe button too i'm going to be putting out a ton of content covering the last decade of me being online some of the mindset shifts that i've had and some of the stuff that i'm doing in my business as we speak all right with that out of the way what are we talking about exactly today so Basically, the concept is uh, something which I'm, I'm going to read a little thing from Wikipedia for you guys, and hopefully it doesn't pause my recording while I go to do so. But here it is. This is the, the golden thing that we're talking about. <clears throat> In macroeconomics, sorry, I'll repeat that. In microeconomics, supply and demand is an economic model of price determination in a market. It postulates that holding all else equal in a competitive market the unit price for a particular good uh, or service or whatever will vary until it settles at a point where the quantity demanded at the current price will equal the quantity supplied at the current price, resulting in an economic equilibrium for price and quantity transacted. It forms the theoretical basis of modern economics. Whew. All right, that's a, that's a mouthful. Um, so what does that mean? And how is that re relevant to absolutely anything? So what it basically means is that in a marketplace, all things being equal, assuming that everything's fair and just and all that sort of stuff, there's no variables on all you know what's being offered, the price of something will be determined by the volume or the quantity of demand for that item. And so to give you, I guess, something uh, a little bit more real-worldish, to talk about and forgive me for those of you that understand economics I'm, I'm just trying to give you guys some clarity around why this is an important thing to understand is if for example there are 10 people lost in the desert and they're out there walking and it's boiling hot and they're sweating and they've been out there for hours and they've just run out of their last drop of water these 10 people and there's say six of them that have some sort of financial capacity or something that they are able to exchange Let's use, let's use money for argument's sake. And one guy has $200, another guy has, say, $100, another guy has $50, so on and so forth. So 
they happen to stumble upon someone selling water. And there's only enough water for three of them. What does that mean to the price of water? How much are they going to uh, rally together to get that water? Chances are that'll probably go for the highest price. Or maybe the guy with 200 bucks, he might be able to outbuy them, right? He might be able to offer, I don't know, what's that? 66 bucks or whatever. And actually, no, that's not the wrong, that's the wrong mathematics. Whatever 200 divided by three is, I, I actually have no idea. Um, anyway, I know I was right. Yeah, 66 point, no, 67 point, whatever. You know, get my point, right? Um, anyway, divided by three. So maybe he pays that amount, which then equates to uh, basically different, changes the, the pricing of the, the particular water. So what I'm saying is that, and as a, sorry, a very roundabout way of explaining it, but if there's a very high demand for something, it's going to bump up the price. So there's only three units of water available and there's 10 people. What does that do? It's going to raise that value of that water. Okay. So why is this important to understand? Because you can do this exact same process online. Now, people have been doing this tactic for years. They have done things like countdown timers and they've implied that there's only three copies left of a fucking PDF, like, Come on, seriously, it's digital, dude. <laughs> However, you can actually create that level of scarcity. You can manufacture that level of supply and demand in your online business. And the way that you might do that is by legitimately capping out the number of people that you take on board as a client. If you're a coach, it might be that you only take on a certain number of students into your online program per month or as part of your, uh, I guess, your support group if you are an affiliate. Maybe you've got something where you help a certain bunch of people out. So therefore, as, assuming that you actually keep to your own set of rules that you've created and when you start dictating this to your audience, you are actually keeping to your own boundaries that you were, you've, you've defined, then you will manufacture a sense of supply and demand. Now, of course, the caveat with that one is there needs to be an audience in place. If you've got no audience that you're trying to do this and you're wondering, you come back here and you go, that Jamie guy, he bloody lied. Well, no, I didn't. Um, you just don't need it. You just don't have an audience. So of course, there's other components that go into this. You need to have an offer that kicks butt and is something that is in high demand anywhere that people already want. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there so you understand at least some of the, the basic economics behind that. Now, to, to put that into, I guess, a, a real-world concept, if, for argument's sake, you happen to be on a webinar and that webinar is, is ticking all the boxes, it's showing the proof that it works, it's implying that it's relatively easy to do and you're not going to be stuck doing this thing for umpteen years trying to learn, you're actually going to implement in very quick succession, you should start seeing some results in really quick succession and you can see a whole bunch of other students because they show you all the screenshots and everything looks great. And then at the end of it, they say, well, this is only going to be limited to five people. And there's a hundred people on this webinar right now. And there's only going to be space there for five people. It's going to be a very exclusive community. These five people you see, it'll be very exclusive. <laughs> what do you think happens? People are going to jump on the cart page ASAP, right? So all of a sudden you've got a 5% conversion rate, nice and easy. Uh, but the reality is that in those environments, because uh, it's not based on being in the forefront of social media, people are actually removing that 
that access to see the visibility. So you actually never know how many people are jumping on board, which is, is kind of clever. But hopefully you understand that point. That is just one way that you can actually manufacture that sense of scarcity, sense of exclusivity, and adjust the supply and demand in your favor using that. Now, what I would say as well is if your offer is absolutely shithouse, and it doesn't resonate with your ideal audience and it doesn't actually help them in any way and you haven't articulated that it can help them out in any way, shape or form, then of course, it's not going to work anyway, right? So it needs to be something that is just a completely hell yes type offer, which helps them out, which is something that is really with a sense of immediacy is solving their burning problems. And if you can have that and then couple that with things like like say supply and demand that, that you've uh, legitimately engineered through you putting these things out there. Like I say, it's not about being disingenuous and creating false scarcity, all that sort of stuff. But like I say, there are, are certainly ways that you can do that. Closing the cart page off is another one. Um, but do that with with a sense of legit legitimacy. I've seen a lot of vendors that will go out there, oh, cart page closes and blah, 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 which reminds me I need to remove a timer off one of my cart pages. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Um, or, or at least uh, adjust it so that the cart page actually closes down. I just realized as I was saying that, that I've got one out floating around out there. I need to go and remove. Oh, man. Anyway, so hopefully you guys understand the point, right? Create a, a, a true sense of uh, scarcity, a true sense of exclusivity, and it will do wonders for your business. So that, that's the first way. What I did also want to discuss as well, going back to the original question that this person on the sales call asked me is, well, how do I elicit a response, a positive response out of my audience? No one seems to have money. And that there, it, it's a little bit different because what you're effectively doing is adjusting your positioning within your own marketplace because you need to adjust your positioning to have a sense of credibility. You need to adjust your positioning so people want to work with you so that you are seen as a leader and these things combined with those other things I mentioned, such as creating a sense of exclusivity, uh, controlling the supply and demand of your particular product, you know, these types of things, that, that is going to uh, get people to, to basically want to jump on your offers, right? So then the, uh, the question then is, okay, Jamie, smarty pants, how do you go about doing that? How do you engineer that level of positioning in your own audience so that they come to you, that they're actually interested in working with you, that people are metaphorically, of course, raising their hands saying, hey, I want to get on, on this. This sounds freaking awesome. What do you got for me? Right. And how do you how do you create that position? It's all very well me saying it, but what are the step by steps that I need to do? Okay. So think about how you can develop credibility within your own audience. Have a think about the way that you communicate. Are you, you know, I, I for one, I'm just going to digress real quick. I for one have a very self-deprecating humor that potentially is part of something that is going to lose, I lose credibility because of that, but also keeps me humble. But then on the other side, I'm also getting some insane results. So therefore it balances itself out. Um, however, I did have to adjust the way that I would verbalize certain things as I've gone through this pathway, because I realized that not only was I telling myself these negative false beliefs, but I was also projecting them externally as well. And when you're projecting them externally to your audience, they pick up on that. They start thinking, well, this person's not super confident in themselves. So if you're not confident within yourself, 
surely you can't be that confident about getting the results for people along the way, right? People are going to smell that a mile a bit away. They'll be like, well, so to counter that, by the way, and, and don't think for a moment that you necessarily have to be like an extreme extrovert or anything of that nature and someone who is inherently very, very confident, you can still have your insecurities. You can still have things that you, uh, you know, that you have hangups about. That's it's human nature. What it does mean, though, is that you can have a strong belief in the product or service that you are offering. This is called uh, deferred credibility. It's basically where you are believing so strongly in the results that your product or service or offering or whatever can get that person that you're actually confident in that. You don't even need to have self-confidence at that point. You're actually confident in the results as opposed to being confident in yourself, if that makes sense. Right. So circling back, I just wanted to throw that out there. I think it's an important side note to to take note of. So think about the credibility factor. Why would someone buy from you? Are you someone who is an inherent leader? Like you're testing things out, you're trying stuff, you're blazing the way. You're not afraid to fail based on that because you understand that this is marketing, by the way, it's just a big test. You have an idea and you have a sense of confidence after you've done it thousands of times, but still a big test. You don't know if you're going to offer who's going to buy it. You don't know if it's going to work. Um, you know, you need to test these angles. So you go out there and you, you test and you revolutionize something. And then you take it back to your audience and you say, hey, look, I just found this thing. It's freaking awesome. I've saved you the hard work. I've got this great thing. It's going to be amazing, blah, blah. Um, you know, and that there it inspires leadership because you are effectively creating a sense of leadership out of doing those types of things, out of experimenting, out of putting stuff out there, trying different things, right? Hopefully that makes sense. So when you start articulating this stuff to your audience and you, um, you, you build your own credibility through your content in the form of perhaps saying things like, to the effect of, uh, I don't know, what's an example? I love it when your mind decides to go blank in the middle of a recording. Um, it's brilliant. <laughs> I'm joking. It's not. It sucks. Uh, anyway, so you could say things to the effect of basically, I only work with people that are willing to invest in themselves. Uh, you know, my my consulting fees start at ten thousand dollars, and people are happy to pay that. Um, and when you start putting articulating those things out there, what happens is on the other side of that couple of things. One is people understand that your time is quite precious. So you, you put out a perception. Um, but what you're effectively doing is creating your own boundaries. You're also polarizing your audience and you're indirectly calling out who it is that you can serve in your audience and how you can help them out. And hopefully they, they hear that messaging. So they might think when you finally launch your own program and you launch it at like a thousand bucks because you've been saying for ages that your consulting fees start at 10 grand that you've automatically price anchored your audience. And they start thinking, wow, thousand bucks is so cheap. I, I want to jump on this, right? So this just gives you a bit, another idea. What you can also do is speak to the stuff that you have done. Now, I'm going to address the people that have momentum in their business first that are listening to this. So if you made a few sales online, regardless of whether it's your own coaching or your own programs or any other service for that matter, or your own your affiliate offers, doesn't matter the size, like if it's higher ticket, the better, but if it's not, don't stress, like anything helps to build this momentum. And when you can confidently put those things out, like screenshots of what you've done and what you are doing out to your audience, first and foremost, you know, you obviously need to let go of your ego a bit. Like it's, it's not about like bragging. It's not about you know, being conceited or 
having a sense of arrogance. So look at me, I just had a thousand dollar day today. Ha ha ha. Let's go sip a cup of tea, shall we? You know, it's nothing about that at all. What it is, is being proud of the fact that you are achieving something and you are putting that out there and you're doing it for the very specific reason of building and maintaining that credibility within your audience. Because the sad truth of it is, these are the things that move the needle in your business. You know, you can be the nicest person in the world, put out all this lifestyle content and it's great and you look awesome and, you know, people like resonate with you based on that. And you put out value and you just try and be as helpful as you can to your audience over and over and over and over again, over again. Um, but it's, it's the credibility builder, which is the results that you are getting either from, for yourself or for your students, um, or for strangers. And I'll, and I'll cover those other two in a moment. So let's say you're getting a couple of results in terms of sales, uh, then start putting those out there, start showing them off on Facebook a little bit and. Don't, don't wear it as a point of pride, by the way. It's like, you know, I'm so happy to be part of this program, it's, you know, getting some amazing results. Let me know if you'd be interested in learning more. It's just a, a very loose call to action that comes off the back of that, okay? It's not about going, hey, look at me, I'm awesome. Don't, you know, don't think of it like that. Um, it doesn't, by the way, it's not comfortable when you're doing this. And the other thing is as well is you don't have to do this forever because there's going to be a point where it just, it, it genuinely does, is going to feel like conceitedness. Is going to feel like this is just absolute bollocks because you're just kind of you, you're kind of just showing off at, at a certain point but you know if, it, if it's a relatively small income that you're making from this then it's, it's fine right like it, it's just something that builds that credibility within your audience so another way that you can build credibility is social proof so if you've helped your students out and I'm, again i'm speaking to the people that are have some momentum in their business but if you've helped some students out then show off their results because that way you can show it off as much as you like and it has nothing to do with you at all. And, you know, you, you're kind of showing off the fact that they have done well uh, and what it does, again, going back to the comment I made earlier about deference, it defers that onto the students. But the byproduct is that you are the one that has helped them. And because you are the one that has helped them and they are the ones that are getting results, it helps to build your own credibility without making it look like it's a sense of ego attached to it. Hopefully that makes sense, right? All right, so, and if you, the more you put this out, by the way, it also spreads positivity. This is this is huge, it spreads, it spreads positivity. So when you see, and, and the reason why this is important, by the way, just before I go on to address the people that haven't got that sense of momentum in their business yet, but the reason why it's so powerful is because it builds your credibility. If you see a screenshot, let's say, purely hypothetical every day or three times a week for uh let's say a month from someone and it basically says my goodness you know my student has this incredible result you know they made x amount or they placed a trade and did that if you're in the trading niche or you know perhaps that they, they found the love of their life after working with me for three weeks if you're a dating coach or you know whatever it is for you and they see three times a week for argument's sake, you know, there's no hard and fast rule on that. Let's say three times a week for four weeks, they start seeing your content that says, you know, blah, 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 had a great result, blah, 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 made X amount, blah, 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 did this. And what it does is it starts to program you, right? Because you all of a sudden you would think, man, I want a piece of that. That sounds absolutely freaking amazing. Like I, I'm not getting those results myself and they are the results that I want. 
So therefore, it builds you up as a brand as with your credibility. And so therefore, it's also a lot easier, going back to the original question, it's a lot easier to monetize high-tech prices off the back of that because clearly you can get results for people and people that understand that are willing to pay that. These are the people that have more money than time, right? And this is how you can serve them. So therefore, if people have more money than time and they're seeing time and time again, you're able to get these amazing results for the students, it's going to be easier for them to transact with you based on that, right? So you, you're manufacturing this as you go along. So addressing the uh, now apologies uh, at this point, folks. I don't know if you can hear. It's like a whistling in the background. We've got some crazy storms at my place as I'm recording this, which is inopportune timing. But you know the show will go on. All right. So addressing the relative newbies here that are going, Jamie, this sounds great, and I can understand why you would say all this stuff, but. What about me? I'm new. I've got no credibility. I've done nothing online. What do I do, man? Um, don't worry, I got you covered. So uh, as some of you may know, I do a lot of my stuff on Facebook as a Facebook organic marketer. I also do organic marketing on other platforms, also run ads, all that sort of stuff, right? But for Facebook organic marketing, uh, what you probably will have or probably can get relatively easily is some good engagement, okay? If you stumble upon someone's profile, just as, an arg as for argument's sake here, stumble on their profile and they happen to have an average of say one to 200 comments or likes per post. And it's not a fluke, it looks like it's been happening for a little while and you're like, wow, this person seems legit. There seems to be a lot of people that for whatever reason seem that, seems that thinks that this person has credibility. I wonder what they're about, right? And so if you can understand that, that's called social proof by the way, and humans like, making decisions based off what other humans have validated for them before, right? So therefore, that is a very powerful mechanism to use in your, your um, repertoire. So with all that in mind, if you are able to get good engagement, and all you need to do, by the way, is just when you're adding friends and you're communicating with people, you just scroll through your timeline and just do some engagement. You engage in their content. You might write a, a relevant comment and just do this for 20 minutes to 30 minutes a day and do that over and over again. And then after a while, you'll see that a few more people will reciprocate. This is called the law of reciprocity. It's an inbuilt function we all have. And if someone has received something of a perceived value, they want to return that. Okay. They want to return that to you. And so therefore, um, some of those people are going to respond by commenting on your content, which then ironically pushes that content further out to the algorithm, which then reaches more people, which means that more of your stuff gets seen. Okay. Why that is important to understand is because when you are able to say things to your audience, like, Hey, you want to see how I was able to boost my engagement by 86% in the last three weeks using a simple hack that takes me 10 minutes a day, drop a comment below. What do you think happens at that point? You have built your own credibility. So people are gonna comment, they're gonna go, wow, that's incredible. Bang, 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 bang. Who wants to see it? Me, 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 me. A whole bunch of people, it's called a comment ladder. A whole bunch of people who's gonna go do, 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 uh, which is the official noise for uh, people commenting in your post. Do, 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 do. Anyway, um, I was doing a hand gesture and, and then I realized that I'm doing a podcast, so that's not going to make much sense to those people listening to me. Anyway, you have the point. Hopefully, <laughs> people are going to comment. And so therefore, these are inbound leads. You then respond to those comments. You say, hey, there's a call if I send you a quick message with some details. 
And then they'll say, yeah, sure. Or you just send them a message, say, hey, I sent you, pinged you a, a DM. Cool, thanks. And so then when you got them a message, hey, thanks so much for commenting on my post. Uh, you know, this is what I've got. And of course you go and you've got like a little lead magnet that you've created. Don't overthink that process or you've got some bit of knowledge that you can share with them that actually helps them out in their business. So therefore, you've got phase two, which is who wants to see how it's able to get 86 inbound leads of one simple post using a tiny, simple framework, drop a comment below, bang, whole bunch more comments. Yeah, me, 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 me. Because all these people are your target audience, right? These aren't just random people, you're your target audience and they have an interest in the same stuff as you and they are interested in getting the results that you're potentially getting, but because you're out there blazing the way ahead of them, they see you as a leader automatically based on that. So of course, they're gonna say, yeah, sure, bang. Now, a lot of the, the times when you do this, you're gonna be able to suggest a tool or a resource or a product service or whatever to someone and they may end up transacting. And if they do, you now have proper credibility. And so therefore that credibility you can then leverage and, and that snowball factor going from having one sale to 10 sales, whatever, it's a shorter gap because you've already been down that pathway before you already understand the nuances and you already understand the sales process and your mindset at every step of the way, okay? So that's for the newbies there. Hopefully that uh, helps a little bit out. So overall to, uh, I guess, throw that into <laughs> an easy to understand bite-sized chunk framework, Number one is understand supply and demand and how you can start implementing that into your business. Number two is develop that sense of scarcity, which will increase the prices and raise demand for something anyway. And really hone in on the actual offer itself and make sure that it is something that is really, really aiming to help people out because that, that there is going to do so much of the heavy lifting in your business. Uh, you know, you can be an incredible copywriter, you can be an incredible sales gun but if you've got a crap offer then none of that stuff really matters that much however if you change the weighting within your business so that the, the weighting is skewed towards the offer and you spend more time on that which most people won't want to do then of course that's going to take the load off you can be average at sales and be average at copy uh, and people are going to jump on it because it solves their their problems right uh, and that they are the people that have more money than time so they're going to be able to justify those pricing a lot easier because it solves their problems with a sense of immediacy and uh, and ease, which is kind of cool. Very, very powerful stuff. Right. Anyway, I hope that helps you guys out. Appreciate you tuning in, and I will catch you in the next one. Cheers.